and welcome back to the Time for Heroes podcast. Right, this week on the podcast, I have Benji from London band Lockin. How are we doing? Um, so we're going to talk all about their, their career, what, what's been going on in the past and what's coming up in the future. But at the start of the podcast, what I like to do is kind of get back to the start. Um, what life was like for a young a young you growing up, where you grew up and and how you kind of came to be in the band. Yeah, so I grew up in a little town called Sawbridgeworth. Um, went to a, a school called uh, Leventhorpe, which is where I um, met all the boys. Well, actually, I know, knew Sam since I was about four years old, our bassist. Um, but that would be where the origin of locking was. Um, during the sixth form, we used to go to loads and loads of gigs since we were like 15. And then one day was at a gig um, for a band called The Hunter, who um, I'm not actually the biggest fan of anymore. But when I was 16, like, I was like, this, this band are amazing. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, just turn around to Sam. Neither of us could really play an instrument. I tried to play the drums, but poorly. Um, just said, look, do you want to start a band? Um, so yeah, with a few of our other pals, this is in 2019, just picked up, he picked up a bass for the first time. I went on the drums and... Um, and it started from there, but then little did I know that I'd end up being a lead singer. <laughs> yeah. A modern day Phil Collins. That's it. That's it. Well, we did have um, our two other mates, Josh and Harry. They were in the original band. Um, it was just a bit of a mess around, really. We didn't take ourselves too seriously, um, and they had plans to go to university and stuff. So, come March 2020, we decided to then form us lock in and start taking ourselves a little bit more seriously. But then obviously we fell straight into a lockdown, um, mm-hmm. which was a really bad time for a lot of people. But for us, it was where we built the foundations of the band, got loads of songs written and um, and got in the studio. Because um, as a professional that we are, <laughs> um, it was, uh, you're allowed to do it. So we went to premises in Hoxton um, and we're practicing at least two, three times a week. Um, for about six months straight. Um, and I think building the habit of doing that is sort of just, as I say, the foundations of what, what we've built now. Right. So obviously you, you kind of mentioned the Hunter. So like other than that, like what other bands were you were you going to see? when? You... So we were going to see um, Catfish and the Bottleman, um, The Night Cafe, um, God bless Sean. Um, who else? Um, bands like the Wombats and Two Door Cinema Club, um, Spin from Liverpool, we liked a lot. A band called Sugar Thief at the time, loads just really like right in the thick of the indie scene, really. Like mm-hmm. anything that get the crowd going and jumping around, um, we like them sort of gigs, yeah. Which you can you can hear in your music, it's the same kind of vibe, the same kind of. It's music to dance to. Yeah, and definitely. Um, what's uh, how would you describe your sound? Firstly, as as well, like how would you describe it? Um, it's a tough one because I mean, with this, if we're talking about this EP, um, then it sort of varies song to song, and I think it's a sort of combination of of all Lockins different sounds. But we, I think we 
pride ourselves on that disco dance type sound and that's where our best songs are i believe um in the past but we're starting to touch into a bit more of a indie rock sort of sound as well our last track on the ep he said she said um definitely has that sort of rocky groove to it but then at the same time it still has this sort of dancey swing so i think catchy lyrics are one thing anything mm. to sort of like really big hooks um and sort of like ripping guitar riffs that are catchy as well. I think just the catchiness around it is sort of going to draw people in within the first instance, you know? Yeah. I, I've been listening to you the last, the last couple of weeks and you have been on my Spotify look constantly and it's I, the, the songs just kind of get uh, burned into your brain. <laughs> That's good. I mean, yeah. you do it right then, eh? <laughs> how, does, um, how does the songwriting work? Who, who kind of writes the songs? So it's always since we started been a really collective effort on the on the on the main part of things, but obviously someone has to has to you know start it off, um, and usually it's Angus our guitarist, um, but Sam our bassist can play guitar as well. I can play guitar. My brother Joey's on the lead guitar. He can bring rhythm to the table as well. So melodies to the table rather so it's sort of it changes in the most part it's angus but onto the next the title track of the ep i brought to the table mm-hmm. but the magic really does happen when we're all together and we bounce off each other and we're like you do that. oh that's a good idea you do that what about you do that? you know sort of that's the sort of process right so obviously the date your debut came out 2020 since since then, there've been lots of kind of singles. You've had a, an EP, and this one will be your second EP. Um, so how how do you feel? It's kind of evolved. Do you do you feel you're getting tighter and, and yeah? Um... I think I think with like our natural like obviously we're only twenty one, um. So I think just you know I hope to say we're maturing, um. But like with our sort of natural maturing as we grow up and we experience new things. I've just graduated uni, Angus is on his final year, getting jobs. I think with that, because our songs will reflect on our lives and what we're doing in that current moment, I think there will be a natural maturity that will come with the music, and it has, and we have got tighter. Um, And I think compared to then, I think we had so much time on our hands during that lockdown to write so many songs. With that EP, it was more a case of four of our best tracks, let's put them on the EP. Whereas with this one, it's more like, we want to build a story. We want to sort of create a sort of, you know, an idea of what we want this EP to look like, what we want it to feel like, what we want the audience to sort of feel off the back of it compared mm-hmm. to, oh, that's four catchy tunes that we know are going to grab everyone. Do you understand what I mean? Like, sort of thing. Yeah. So, obviously, you mentioned that you've just graduated for uni. So, what, what sort are you doing at uni? Um, so, I did, um, I did film production at Ravensbourne in London, which is couldn't be any further away from music to be fair but um obviously again going back to covid i got my given my grades my predicted grades so i was like well i've got nothing to lose here i might as well just go uni and it worked well because i made so many friends that could help us with you know production of music videos i learned a lot about editing Mm -hmm. all about social media i do myself um and i've got friends that have done the shoot for the ep they're done um because a big part of our sort of image is the brand and how we look and I think we take pride on that we wouldn't want to be just like throwing sank out there that we didn't really really think about we like to be thoughtful and think about everything we do 
So how much time does that take up then? See, like your your social media and your branding, does is, is that take up a good chunky? Yeah, yeah. Where I manage, so like it, I spend, I work part time in a kitchen, um, my local pub in where I live. But um, yeah, every day I spend um, the minute the minute I get in, I start working on on stuff. Um, got a little cafe down the road. I like to say it's my office. Um, <laughs> But I, uh, yeah, nice. No, it's, it's it's good. It's sort of a good habit to get into, um, especially with social media in this day and age. I think how you look and everything that comes with that, it's such a massive thing. Um, and it can be the difference between someone being like, oh, I really like these guys or, or you like, you know, I like the music, but, you know, that's all right. I'll wait till they can release the next song. We sort of have to do everything in between, you know, release acoustics sessions or um, do interviews with whatever, like make our own interviews, explain the songs. Mm-hmm. Things like so, I mean, like I, I find social media a fucking a bastard, man. Like, it's, <laughs> I love doing this podcast, but see the promoting it and all that, it, it really does my tits in. So, I maybe just get you on board to do my social media. <laughs> um, yeah, mate, I mean, I, if one of them things really, I think in the future, maybe it would be something I'd look into doing and helping other bands do. Um, but as I say, I've just graduated. I think in this current moment, I'm just looking to to get going with us guys and sort of really build a, build foundations, but really start building on top of that now and start leveling up. So the big football fans as well, aren't you? Um, and I've seen that he's done Soccer AM last year. So how was that, doing something like that? Um, it was an interesting couple of days, to say the least. Um so we had we played on the Saturday morning, which by the way was far too early. It was mm-hmm. like we had to be there for like half six, six or something stupid. Just trying to get five young lads out of bed at <laughs> that time of the morning. But when you know you're playing on soccer room, it's a lot easier, don't get me wrong. Um and we had a rehearsal the day before. Um and I think it just in the days of of going to Soccer AM, crashed my car. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, no, it, was, it weren't too bad, to be fair. I mean, it cost me a few quid, but it's a story to tell. And then on the day of Soccer AM, obviously I like to dress up and when I'm going on stage in some Larry outfits and that. And um, and I went up to the check-in desk to get our whatever passes. And the guy on the front desk has turned around and gone, are you still in your pyjamas? <laughs> uh, and I've, I've turned around and I've, 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 so early, I just sort of brushed it off. Usually I'd have a bit of a laugh and, laugh and a joke about something like that. But I brushed it off, got my pass, just turned around to the, to the boys and I was like, I think he just said he thinks I'm in my pyjamas. So all the boys are obviously in hysterics laughing. <laughs> We've gone on to set, said hello to Fenners and Bullard. And I was going to keep it quiet. They've obviously made a few comments. Oh, I love the get-up bend. You know that Jimmy Bullard, proper East End boy. And the boys have turned around to Fenners and gone, yeah, security, mate, he has said uh, he's still in his pyjamas. So <laughs> when we played live on the show, we finished our set, went really well. Or our set, our song, Sweet Love, finished that. Went really well. And then um, it was like, well done. Benji, where'd you get your pyjamas from? John Lewis on live TV. <laughs> And I was like, you are taking the mick. I was like, you are, as if I don't get enough stick about what I wear, you're taking yeah. the mick. But yeah, no, it went fantastic. Fenner's 
but like the whole Scarthwaite team made us feel so so welcome. It does look really kind of relaxed on that show. Like the everything seems to just go seamlessly, and it it just looks like a big carry on. Yeah, it, it is good. I think that's to do with how well it's well how well it was produced. It stopped doing it now. We was on the last season of it, unfortunately, but I think it's. Being behind the scenes, you can really see like it's like clockwork. They have such a vast team of people that are like, right, let's do this. They had like a little rehearsal, obviously, the day before. Before they go on live, they had a couple rehearsals of a few sketches and that. So it is really well rehearsed, and, and but there is things in there that you can't plan. It's live TV. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's like a lot of the element of the show is the unknown. And I think that's what made it so, so good. Um, mm. Really can't predict it. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I, I, I think it's the, the football and the music thing that they go, they go together so well. My pal, he's, he, does a, he does a podcast, he does a Celtic podcast, and we did kind of think about floating the idea of me coming on on his football podcast and interviewing bands about football because there's nothing else out there. Other than that, but he's so busy with his and I'm so busy with mine and she's trying to find the time to put it together and do another one. But it's a niche in the market. There's no, if Soccer AM's no there, there's nobody else doing it. No, there isn't. There isn't at all. You're completely right, yeah. Um, Touring-wise, obviously, looking at your kind of social media and all that, you seem to have been kind of across London ticking off headline shows, getting bigger progressively bigger as you go um, obviously coming up uh, the end of April you're playing Lafayette so how how has how do you feel the live scene is in London because obviously looking at like, other places around about like Manchester's got its own scene, Liverpool's got its own scene Glasgow, what's it like in London, is, is there a scene? Um, yeah I think all of them cities you've named are all different in their own respect of a scene as such. Um, London obviously being so vast, there's quite a few different scenes. Um, and even within guitar music, there's different scenes. Um, so I think there's, you know, there's a venue in Brixton called The Windmill, I think it's called The Windmill, where they have a lot of post-punk bands play there. Um, and that's a scene in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bands like Dead Letter, I don't know if you heard of them, them sort of bands like, play in that sort of area. I mean, for us, I wouldn't necessarily put us in a scene, um, so to speak. But I think because we're, we're from just outside London, our scene and the cult we're trying to build is within that community and then bringing them into London. And then if you throw that in the mix with people that are already in London, I think that's the base of our scene that we're, we're starting to create ourselves. Um, because obviously you've got to think in London, you've got a rap scene as well, you've got a pop scene. So it's... it's, it's um, it's tough. It's tough to sort of get find where you do sit in that market. But um, as I say, I think our aim from the start was really to create our own identity and our own live scene. Um, and I think it shows that we we have. And we sold out our first show at the Water Act in like a few hours. And then we played O'Meara, which was 300. We sold it out. Garage last April sold it out. So I think our thing is building exclusivity around a headline and then selling it out. Right. Eventually, people from other scenes, let's say Manchester, for example, where we have a better following than anywhere else, is is rather than London, 
um, is like seeing us sell out London and be like, well, what's the big hype about here? And I feel like once you've got that base of selling really solid foundation in London, then you can branch out and be like, well, we'll go up to Manchester now and we'll sell that out. We'll go up to Newcastle and sell that out. Which we have played these other cities, but you know, it's nothing compared to playing five, 600 people in London. You go to Manchester and you're playing to 80. You know, it's a big, yeah. big difference. Um, but again, it is in time that that, that number will, will grow and change. How did you get on in Scotland? I've seen you did uh, audio in Glasgow and Sneaky Peaks in Edinburgh. Yeah, it was fantastic. That was a great, great little tour. Um, and it was our first tour we'd done where it was like um, four consecutive days. Usually we just do Friday, Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, that we all were students and working and whatnot. Um, so it was nice to have just like a good few days on the road with a van and just visit Scotland for the first time one. Um, but I know how mad the Scottish crowds are anyway. Like it's always a good vibe and within the crowd. It's very different to anywhere else, especially from watching live videos from, you know, the old tea in the park and Transmit um, and uh, Jerry Cinnamon's live at Hampden Park. And I just, I love the scene up there. Um, here we fucking go, as they say. But yeah. um but uh, yeah, no, it's, it was fantastic. And we managed to fit in a bit of foot golf in between um, Glasgow and Edinburgh. <laughs> in right. some random, random little town in the middle of Scotland. Um, there was a group of lads playing football on a lovely day, actually. It was clear blue skies. And the gentleman that run the foot golf was so lovely. Gave us a bottle of Prosecco for the winner at the end. Um, <laughs> gave us a round of free beers and that. So it was a nice little stopgap in between um, uh, what was it what way around was it uh, Glasgow and Edinburgh um, so yeah no it was fantastic we really enjoyed ourselves and we'll definitely be back again um, yeah brilliant so obviously that's the EP comes out tomorrow onto onto the next EP so they've been Red Stripe Remedy and Easy we've already heard them so what can you you tell us about the the other two songs plus there's the intro as well yeah, well, I touched on it briefly earlier, but it's, um, we just wanted to build a story and a, a, a body of work that a lot of people can relate to. Musically, I think that it's, you know, each song is very different and takes bits from previous lock-in songs. Um, so you've got like the dancey feel, but then you've also got a bit of the heavy feel of sweet love. You've also got the jangly feel of get over it with... On to the next. So on to the next is one that people ain't heard, which is the title track. Um, and I think it's the perfect song to walk to. Um, it's got a sort of solid like beat. Um, me and Sam, our bassist, was saying this the other day. And my nan Why said... Why don't you say that as well? Because I was listening to it last night and I walked to my work and that's what I was thinking when I was listening to it. Yeah. As it... Yeah. It's like just got that. It's just a perfect step beat, <laughs> which is good. And then you get to the chorus, and it's sort of a bit, you know, it goes a bit mad. And I hope the crowd goes crazy to that chorus because it's you know, it's proper upbeat and um, jumpy and whatever. Um, but yeah, I give a little listen to my nan and granddad, and they describe it as great songs to listen to when you're driving, which I think is the best compliment. Because <laughs> um, if you put it on in the car, then you know then most people I feel could listen to it, which is another thing. I just want anyone to be able to listen to it. Um, other than the indie scene, a lot of my mates that like us aren't really into indie, but they love, they just love our tunes. So I think, yeah, um, to summarise what I've said, um, just upbeat, happy, 
and songs that anyone can listen to or relate to. And obviously the the title onto the next is that yeah. kind of is that like kind of like a band kind of motto like as we as we touched on earlier with these London gigs how you're progressed and progressed is that kind of right onto the next we'll do it bigger next time. You've got it spot on. You've got it absolutely spot on, and that is where the saying came from when we after we done our first gig at the Water Rats in London in 2021. Um. I think I just come out of it when um, this lad was sort of filming us before the gig, Cameron. Um, so it, it just come out and then it's just sort of stuck. And it's always been something we say after every show, no matter how big, how small, it's always on to the next. And after we play that Lafayette show on the 27th of April, no doubt I love the boys and say, well done, that was fantastic. But we'll all look at each other and give us that look to say on to the next. And we'll say it just to sort of speak it into existence and be ready for whatever's next to come. Well, that would be my next question. Is So, obviously, the EP out, the Lafayette gig, end of April, what, what other plans have you got for 2024 at festival season? Um, yeah, so we've already had a few festival opportunities come in um, that are unannounced, so I'll keep, keep my mouth shut for the minute. But... Um, summer's already looking probably better than any of our other summers we've had, which is I think is a great sign for the future. We want to sell out Lafayette. I think that's the top, top priority in our eyes is sell out that London show. And I think naturally in terms of touring and support slots, everything else will follow. You sell out a 600 capacity um, gig in the capital. I think a lot of people, or I hope to think a lot of people are going to be like, who are these boys? Um, let's have a look at them. Um, and then apart from that, we've got a little endorsement, like sponsorship that we've got um, uh, that's unannounced as well, which will, will massively propel us for 2024. Um, and hopefully get working with West Ham, our, uh, our favourite football team, um, and uh, the team we will support again this year, which would be great after working with them previously. So what did you do previously with them? What? Um, so we did their kit launch in right. 2021, 22 season, which was just balmy that we'd sort of started during COVID and then coming out of COVID, we're making, well, what's that, making their kit? We're making their kit launch. Um, and it was just, there was such a buzz. There was such a buzz. And and to have that feeling again, it would just be fantastic. Okay, I, that, it's this connection with music and football again. I mean, it's, uh, there's so many kind of artists doing this with their, their football teams. Yeah. Um, Jamie Webster works closely with Liverpool. I seen um, Megan Wynn, she was doing the, the Everton kit launch. Yeah, she did, yeah. That Louis Dunford, he does a lot of stuff with Arsenal. So it's it's definitely the way to go to connect with fans is to mix the two together. Yeah, no, 100%, mate. Um, and evidently it works. I mean, Louis Dunford, he's, he's absolutely flying out. That North London Forever tune he brought out is 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 their anthem before a game, and I mean, surely as an Arsenal fan, that's his dream. You know, yeah. you got fifty thousand people singing your song every other week. Like, that's fantastic, isn't it? So, obviously, the, the two EPs because you were talking about a body of work. Um, two EPs, you've had tons of singles. Out. What would be um, would there be any plans this year or next year for an album or the I mean a lot of bands now seem to just kind of release EP after EP 
Yeah, I think like in terms of releasing an album album as an independent band, I think it's um it's to be honest, financially it's it's tough because especially be it, being from in and around the capital, I mean it's expensive to record music for one. Um, unless you travel elsewhere. Um, but I mean the aim is always to record an album, you know. It's 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 the the end goal or the start of the start of, of what's to come if you record your first album, you know, you've got to record a second then, haven't you? Um so I I think until that moment where we can sort of comfortably say like we can we can record an album. In terms of the songwriting, we could record an album tomorrow, I think. Um yeah. we had the back in. But I think it's just more of like the other side of things, if you get what I'm saying, um, when it comes to the process of recording an album. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed for something kind of next couple of years because um, people need to hear, people would like to hear a body work. I would imagine I like, I've always liked an album, but it does seem to be a bit rarer these days. But so I, that's about us done then, other than. Um, picking some heroes but um, before that obviously I'll just reiterate um, on to the next EP out January the 19th the, the podcast will probably be out on the same day so we'll everybody go and listen to the EP after you've listened to this episode of my podcast uh-huh. um, I, it's fantastic man. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it I think everybody else will like to hear it Um. Heroes, obviously, podcast called Time for Heroes. I asked my guests to pick four heroes to come for dinner. Why are your heroes and what would you cook them? Just to see how good they cook you are. But if you're saying you work in the kitchen, then... <laughs> I was literally yeah. just about to say that, like, my part-time job at our local, the Queen's Head, which we call the, the base of Lockin. It's the home of Lockin. Sam, our bassist, works behind the bar there as well. And it's where we drink Friday and Saturday night. And every other night of the week. <laughs> um, but yeah, my, well, so my heroes. Um, talked on football, to be fair. So Mark Noble. Right. Ex-West Ham legend. Well, he's still a legend, but ex-West Ham player. Um, he's my hero because I think just growing up watching football, he's the player that, you know, you, you play in the garden and you think, oh, he's, he's, he's a legend you want to be like, playing for your, your boyhood club. He's an East End boy from Cannon Town, and he's lived the dream of playing for his football team that he played for. I think that's just balmy. Um, then in terms of what, what I'd cook him, um, East End boy, pie, mash and liquor. Have you ever had it? Uh, no, I have never. I mean, I'm done there quite a bit as well, but I've never, I've never went near it. Mate, unbelievable pie mash and liquor if you get if you're coming down these ways and you can venture out of London a little bit get over to Tony's Pie and Mash in Wolverham Abbey they do the best pie and mash about me and and then, the next time I'm doing um, obviously the brother-in-law he's a West Ham fan he goes to see West Ham quite a bit he is um, so I'm maybe I'm maybe kind of blag a ticket off him and, and come along and... mate you've got to get pie and mash get all the liquor there's um, they've got chilli vinegar it's called as well right all over it or oh, mate it's, it's like making me hungry thinking about it um, <laughs> but yeah no that's my go-to that is my go-to in fact Tony from Tony's Pie Mash found out who he was through the kit launch we did at West Ham right um, and then since then I've, I've become um, pally with him and 
I go up there for pie and mash and that. We've got some friends that also go there. So, yeah, it's nice, fantastic. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Um, who else? Well, I think we should go a bit more music-based. Um, I mean, if we're, if we're having dinner together, I'd like to... I'd be interested to see Alex Turner in person and just sort of have over a bit of dinner and a couple of beers, see what he's like. Um, I think with some artists, like, you know, what they're like on stage compared to what they're like off stage could be two completely different things. Yeah. Um, albeit he seems a bit more mellow now than what he did when, you know, Arctic Monkey started going. It seems, it seems like permanently stoned. Doesn't he? <laughs> he, he seems to talk in slow motion. I would, I'm fascinated with the guy, like, he'd be like a dream guest for this podcast. You can't get him to do an interview anywhere. No, you can't. I think he's just a cool bloke and that's his, that's his whole thing. Um, so I think it's fair. Like, I think at the end of the day, if that's how you want to be as an artist and, and a musician or whatever, then I think you do you. And I think that's one thing we've always said is we'll always just be ourselves. I don't think ever want to be an act or try to be anyone we're not as mm. i say we're just five mates from school and i think you can't take that away from who we are as people and if we do change and i said earlier about us maturing we'll only be doing it together anyway yeah um, and it, but, it, it's more with that it's more of an evolution than a, it's you know yeah. what i mean it, it happens gradually and yeah. it's meant to happen yeah, exactly. And we always, as I say, we believe in fate and everything else that comes with that. So, yeah. But Alex Turner, what would I, what would I cook him? Um, what is it? Where? Chips and gravy. Chips and gravy. <laughs> I don't know. If it, yeah, I wonder how much of that eats over in France. Well, is that where he's based in France? I think, I think so. Well, I know he's, well, I don't know if he's France or in America, but I know his girlfriend's French, isn't she? So, oh, is she? Yeah. Um, so either chips and gravy if he's at home, and then if not that, I'd with um, what would we have? French onion soup, <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But I mean, I get the, I guess the bloke like likes a lot of food. I mean, about the tours they've done, and they've been all over the world. I bet he's tried so many different types of food that he's probably not too fussy anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely a, a fascinating personality. And I don't think he's ever been picked on the podcast. So it's oh, really? a, a, a new a new choice. Obviously, Mark Noble, I can't imagine many people have picked him either. So it's a two new choices so far. Yeah. Um, and if we're talking a bit more, keeping the question open, if we're saying heroes in general, I know it's only one, so this makes it a bit tough. But if I said one, I think the rest would follow. So I'm going to say my granddad. And then um, the rest of the family can come as well. Um, but yeah, no, I think for all of us in the band, I think family is a massive thing. And we've got such a good support network. As I say, we're only 21. All of us still live at home. Um, and so without our families, I think the band wouldn't be much, definitely. Um, they're always pushing us. And they're always, you know, in the early days... They probably it was a hundred capacity. They probably took over fifty percent of the tickets. So, you know, if we didn't sell out that first gig, God knows if we'd have got a second. And right. so, I think I'll say my granddad, but when I mean that, I just mean 
all our families in general um, and all our grandparents and stuff. Because um, without them, we wouldn't be here anyway. <laughs> exactly, mate. That this is a hang as well. That again, very, very few people on the podcast pick family members, um, and it's surprising to me because everybody needs that support network that you're you're talking about. So, like that support network, obviously, you, you mentioned the pub that you saw drink in and you work in. So, when you when you go further afield to these gigs, do you take that full pub with you? Um, I think in bits and bobs of of the the crowd um, do follow us. So when we played Glasgow, um, we had a couple of pals that come up for the weekend. When we played Newcastle, a couple of other pals came, and it's just sort of like. It's more a case of like small groups that no other people in each of them cities will go. And then they know people and bring them. And a lot of my friends went to university, so they know people in other in that city or surrounding cities they can bring. So yeah, definitely. I think as I say, it's the hub of locking and then that just branches out everywhere else. You know, yeah, so lock in headquarters. <laughs> locking is locking HQ. <laughs> It'd be a good idea for a bit of content, actually. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, my last hero. Then is it four? Yeah, yeah. Um, my last hero. My last hero. Um, I said Alex Turner. He was probably my growing up, and still is sort of musically. I think in the last few years, maybe Sam Fender. Um, oh, I didn't pick what I'd what I'd feed my family, did I? No. Oh. If all the family had come round, I'd say roast dinner. Roast dinner, oh, I think yeah. that's as well as one. Because then, uh, you know, then that means, you know, roast dinner is a family thing, isn't they? Like, you've got yeah. Christmas dinner. So I'd be getting dinner on the table, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And it'd be a bloody big table if I had all of them there, but, and all the, <laughs> all the other boys' families as well. But, um, but yeah, that would be, that would be uh, the fact the grandparents would be roast dinner. And then maybe, like, musically again, I'll draw into the music, in the last few years, maybe Sam Fender. Um, I don't think musically we take a lot of inspiration or from from his stuff. I don't think we sound much like him um, in terms of like musically that much. Um, but um, I think it's just his growth and his climb in the last four, four years. It's brilliant for guitar music. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, seeing someone that actually came from the bottom you know wasn't didn't have money chapter and buy industry um was an industry plan has no real connections to the music industry it's getting number one albums yeah it's, it's fantastic and it's just brilliant for us, us and so many other bands um so yeah i'd say sam fender i think he's a ledge and i love the fact that he just like that interview he did with bbc where he was just severely hung over he's just <laughs> he's just him he's he is just him he's just a geordie lad um, I, I didn't get it at first obviously i get right into him last year but like he, he's been massive for a good few years um and i didn't really get it I, I, I didn't know what people were getting on about and then i think i heard the case covering one of his songs and that's what got me into him and like the last six months of last year, man, he was again, he was one of the ones never off my Spotify. He, he's kind of like a, 
a British Bruce Springsteen, I think. Is, is yeah, he takes a lot of influence from Bruce Springsteen as well, and he said it before. I think they even managed. Did they? Did they play together live? Did they? I think he might have. When he played Hyde Park, I don't know, but I know he is his hero. That's who he'd take for dinner for sure. See, that, I mean, that's really interesting. I just, I just kind of took that from what I'd heard from, but I've never, never heard any interviews. I've never heard them speaking about things like that. Eh. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's kind of came for the same sort of thing. We're working in pubs, and and he's that's where he was discovered, and um, so it's it's kind of the same vibe as yourself, really, isn't it? Yeah, which is why I find it probably most inspirational. Um, just a normal lad, and especially like we're we're fortunate enough. <clears throat> I mean, he's a working class lad. We're not, and I'd uh, get that straight. Um, so I can't like on that level of things. Like he's. You know, he's, he speaks a lot in his songs about his background and where he's where he's come from. Um, so I think again, even that is, is is adds to it as well. The fact that he didn't have a lot, um, and now he's he's absolutely flying. Yeah, and it, it's good to see um, Newcastle on the map because they've not really up until Sam Fender there wasn't really much coming out of their musically. And since no, then, we've had I mean, I um, like Andrew Cushion's come out. Exactly, and I feel like he's a Sam Fender's a massive part of you know Andrew Cushion's sort of rise as well because he really takes that Newcastle foot again linking to football. Yeah. He takes that whole big football thing um, uh, seriously and, and gets all the Newcastle fans behind, which Sam Fender did as well. So I think like we're seeing a common theme here, um, which is something that we're definitely definitely want to want to really grasp onto and hopefully this year get involved so that's so there's some fantastic heroes um in fact i don't think did you pick something to cook cam oh um let's go bangers and mash just because it's just because i enjoy it <laughs> yeah um i so that's us there brilliant heroes brilliant chat with you today um I'll post all your links for your, your socials and all that. Uh, but I every day go and check it onto the next EP by Lockin because it's a banger. <laughs> Thank uh, you, mate. Um, <laughs> aye, absolute pleasure speaking to you today, Benji. Um, Martin, you're a legend, mate. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the up-and-coming indie scene as well. Um, without people like you, we wouldn't have the platform. So you're a legend for that. Brilliant. Thank you very much. No worries. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at Time for Heroes pod at gmail.com You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms including Spotify, Apple, Google and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others and more importantly, enjoy. Enjoy.